0: Brands that can connect with their audiences more viscerally and more authentically will always be successful. With the Insights Out podcast, you will get access to deep and detailed conversations with the heads of leading organizations to understand how they are making their customer relationships work best and how we can all become more aligned to deliver strong value exchanges and better realize the benefits. I'm your host, Dr. Natanya Wachtel. Welcome. Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Insights Out, where we talk to all folks across health and wellness who are working with patients, caregivers, clinicians, and consumers on topics of mental health and well-being, managing chronic diseases, and working in systems to help bring care and affect positive change in the healthcare system. Today, I have a very special and very unusual guest, Dave Tarnowski. Dave is a recent internet, I was going to say sensation, who's taken an interesting bent on the popular psychology of today across a lot of the social media channels. And we're really excited to talk today because this is going to be a very different episode, but with some really important undercurrents, I think, in terms of where we are as a society and how we can maybe look to the lighter side of things, even in dark times. So thank you, Dave, for joining me and welcome.
1: Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. So can we start off just a little bit of background about you and what you're up to and what you're comfortable sharing just to get the listeners a little bit acquainted before we get right into it?
1: Sure. I am a former fiction writer who can never finish a novel. Like 10 unfinished novels under my belt. And I started it was just something that it was like it wasn't brand new at the time, but I was like, oh, I could do this. And I started what making what they call niche memes, which is basically it's this small kind of specialized area. My initial page was called Nick Cave and the Bad Memes, based on Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. And it became like this overarching kind of goth music infused. But through that, I developed Skills. It's like you, you do anything over and over again, you're bound to get better at it. And if you right. stop. But there there were several other pages. And I ran them for a number of years. It was during my former marriage when all of this started. And after we split, I went through a shit ton of grief. It was just like literally three years that I just couldn't not that I couldn't function, but I just wasn't doing well but you were quite affected let's say yes but during that time on these instagram pages i was doing q a and so basically i just started doing it it was just like hey what's on your mind and people started sharing and it was just this incredible sort of community but about the summer of last year i was really at a point where i was sick of everything I just didn't want to do any of that stuff anymore. And I went on this great vacation. It was this beautiful meditation retreat, upstate New York Omega Institute. And I took my phone, I put it in the drawer of my room and I didn't look at it for five days other than to check the time. And I really had time to reboot, reassess, restart. The following months, I made my first, what I would call disappointing affirmation, because that's my page, Disappointing Affirmations. And it got good response. And I'm like, you know what? I like this because in the niche world, you have to fit there. I can do anything with this. One of my favorite things is when someone says, this is not a disappointment. And I'm sorry, you're disappointed in either way.
0: Yeah, let me pause you just for a moment just yeah. because we want to come back and probably have nice sound bites and that was a lot in one answer. So, well, yeah, let's continue on with that and talk about this Instagram account disappointing affirmations that's become quite a sensation over a million followers and reposts. So, this initial experience and that retreat is that I understand that's the genesis, but what if can you articulate what motivated you to start Essentially poking fun at some of this pop psych and overly sweet motivational psychology that kind of dominates a lot of the landscape. Like, what inspired you to take that bent?
1: It was just a new thing. I didn't have in the forefront of my mind, let me f- with toxic positivity. Let me be the counterweight to that. That was not the initial thing. I had carried over the QA in a large sense more than the memes. And I join the two because one thing that I learned from the Q&A is that I'm not alone with my feelings. I'm far from alone. And it's sad how far from alone.
0: Yeah. No, that's a huge statement. So in yeah. essence, even though it's by clinical standards, it's the antithesis of pop psych. Good inspiration. At the same time, you are truly uncovering some deep truths that many, so many people obviously relate to in many ways. And or sometimes in those dark times, finding humor can be a way out. That's why basically comedians are so successful, especially those observational ones who poke fun at some of the deepest, darkest things in ourselves and in our society. And yet we're laughing. It's the whole genre, right? And it, it's really okay. a brush of fresh air probably for so many Because it can also arrest that negative spiral sometimes that you're down and just catch you off guard and make you look in on yourself because the lighter you can be, obviously, the better able you actually can move forward. And it's an inverse mechanism, right, of what sort of traditionally is positive reinforcement. In terms of what motivates or inspires your posts, obviously, they're very personal things, but you shared a few in terms of marriage breakup and other things. Are you open to share some of the life experiences or particular topics that you feel for to really fuel the creativity behind writing these hysterical? I feel like it's Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy Two point out.
1: I've heard that. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. Quite honestly, a large part of it comes from me being a survivor. I particularly... Through the years of grief after my marriage ended, I was very suicidal. I was drinking a ton. So I was that that's like the passive aggressive suicide. That's like self-sabotage and any kind of thing that that would lead up to that. But I had always been a depressed kid (laughs) or whatever. Like when I was a teen, I was mopey and blah, blah, blah. And that that followed me for years until... One day I decided to actually go to a therapist and get diagnosed because I knew something was off. I knew something, I didn't fit into the normal sort of droove of people. I was emotional. And when I was emotional, I couldn't hide my emotions.
0: And you were, and I'm not to be overly old fashioned, but I think I just want to highlight that now it's, I think, more accepted in the mainstream for all people and including males and, and those who identify as male to be affected by emotions versus I believe when we were younger, it was much more taboo. I know even for me to express or have be affected by things and to be introspective and part of the creativity that makes you such a wonderfully successful writer is because you are receptive to feelings right and to taking in stimuli and make and having it make you feel something such that it's a it's almost a double-edged sword it makes you a really great writer but it also can cause a bit of pain because you look at the world and perhaps a lens of with some bleakness or some questioning of the saccharine messages that were told us children be happy go play you can be what you want to be and so you're like no I suck at this so I suck or whatever I'm oversimplifying so I think that's important to point out because when you were growing up I I would assume also you maybe because you were saying a bit about feeling alone in your feelings that perhaps you felt othered by the way you felt and the way you behaved compared to the other your friends maybe
1: oh certainly certainly and I have two older brothers and which I
0: may or may not know about
1: you may know one of them for
0: quite for a few decades now, which yeah. Yeah, is so awesome.
1: But back then, when I was a kid, when when they were teenagers and I was or when they were in their early twenties, I would get cajoled for being depressed all the time, or oh, what are you gonna do? Kill yourself? And nowadays it's just holy, really say that. Um, so thankfully things have changed, and that's part of what I have as my MO, basically. And because when I started this page, I didn't know what it was, but now I do know what it is. And there are three things. There is empathy, vulnerability, and more vulnerability. That is the key. And I did not learn that. I could thank my ex for a lot of that. But also, I started going to therapy and actually talking things out. And I discovered through that, that I'm like, holy shit, I can be really honest about what I feel
0: and then it has a catharsis and then it goes right yeah
1: yeah but one thing that I do want to touch upon really quick is when you talk about suicide nobody wants to talk about suicide and it's in fact banned on on social media platforms god forbid you talk about it and when I do these Q&A's I can't tell you how many people write in about wanting to kill themselves which is very heavy. People have asked me, Oh, how can you take that on? And I take that on through my work and through just helping people feel seen. Because that's one thing with the whole toxic positivity kind of stuff is they're not seeing everybody. They're treating everyone as these rise and grind kind of people. Yes. And, if-
0: and or just slightly affected mood is one level and deep. Self-hatred or self-harm or self-harmonation is another layer down where platitudes, it's almost Teflon, right? And I think that's a good segue into coming from a traditional psych background. I'm curious to talk about how you've been received. We started to talk about this a little bit before we recorded, so I want to make sure we get this on the podcast part. How your unique bent, your sarcastic approach to a lot of heavy topics or lighter topics, really, how that's been received by traditional therapists and mental health community and what that engagement's been like.
1: It's been incredible. I've had many therapists, and I'm talking about hundreds, tell me that they've shared these with their clients, like actually as, hey, and uh, that they get far more out of this than they do out of any of that flowery old. And I don't want to put down anybody who gets anything out of positive affirmations. Good.
0: And that's if, important that we say that. We're not, you're not yeah. bashing something yeah. that it works for you, it works for you. That's great.
1: Right. This that's is awesome. a counterweight. Right. This is an alternative. This is Alternative facts, as Kellyanne Conway once coined. I can't believe Uh, that's going to be in my podcast. Well, what's funny, though, when you think about it, that the positivity stuff, that's alternative facts. What I'm trying to bring here is reality. What I'm bringing here is, and not everybody's going to agree. Not everybody's going to be into it, but not everybody who's into the Beatles. And what's that? Yeah, my
0: husband is English and he's not.
1: There you go. (laughs) He's
0: like, "I hate that music." <laughs> so, yeah, your so your pros clearly resonate with a broad audience, right? Every day Joe's. And so, <laughs> as I joke, that's one of his- as you did that. Not everyone finds humor in this sarcasm. And so some we I understand, and I did look through. And that not everyone is on board here, right? And there are people who have become perhaps quite angry, if not upset, and given you feedback about it. How do you handle those critics? And how do you respond? Do you respond? And with those kinds of reactions to your content?
1: Mostly, particularly since this page has exploded insanely. And the past pages I had, I think the largest amount of followers I had with Nick Cave and the bad memes was 200,000. This is now over a million. And it's only been a year. But... Each time there's a new influx of followers is usually like a celebrity will share something that has millions of followers. And I will also get an influx of horrible comments. And what I had to do at a certain point was just stop looking.
0: Yeah, I've heard that mentioned often, but because I because you're an everyday guy. It's interesting because celebrities probably have a lot more experience Having put themselves on display, whether it's a comic oh, yeah. or an actor and or even a maybe a journalist, someone who's already put themselves out there in a critical place, they've built up a a boundary and a protective layer, perhaps, against that criticism. Here you are, someone who's struggled with mental health issues, taking on this outlet that gives you a release, but is a bit controversial, and then people are attacking you. And you may that may. I'm wondering that even though you talked about it in childhood and getting a little bit of cajoling from your family, this is on mass, right? This is lots of people on an everyday basis yelling at you, right? So that's why I'm curious as to how you were able to put up that boundary and did at any point, did it because you were saying you had to, if you're comfortable speaking about this, by the way, did, did it get to you? Did it make you think maybe I should stop or did it make you angry? I'm just curious about that because you are not necessarily a trained performer up until this point. Trained monkey, I'm just kidding. That's what your brother would say.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not gonna lie that comments don't get to me. Certain ones certainly will. But with this thing, as I was saying with, the name being Disappointing Affirmations, if someone is disappointed in it because it's not disappointing enough, they're still disappointed in it. So either way, I win. But one thing that I have come to appreciate about people giving me shit for it is that I know they don't understand because there's so you're
0: not trying to appeal to if it's not for you, it's not for you, is with the way uh-huh. you've made peace, like I'm not yeah. for everyone, yeah. which is a great message. And I figured you were gonna say that, but I and, and it is positive psych pop psych bent, but forgive me for just saying in in a true way, it helps build a resilience mindset, mm-hmm. right? Re-encouraging to trust in yourself, connect with your own thoughts and beliefs and your own mission and say, this is what I'm doing for me. And it helps a lot of people. And if it doesn't, that's okay. And not to be deterred in what you're doing, because I think anyone across any kind of pursuit, especially if they're a disruptor in some way, or they're in a startup, or they're trying a different career, or they're trying to do something a little different against convention is going to get that. So I think there's a lot of positive message in a fun way that can Mm -hmm. come out of you sharing that, Hey, this isn't not everybody, this isn't for everyone. And I have not been deterred, but I could have been because it's been biting. Oh, sure. Uh, And so your posts, and I'm going to say a couple are, they're filled with quite biting insights. So for listeners who haven't been able to, and I definitely encourage you check out Dave's Instagram. So a couple, I just picked off the top that were right in the top of your feed, right? No one is coming to save you. You are the adult. Or, you have survived all your worst days. Your prize? More bad days to survive. Celebrities, all walks of life have these. I was wondering, yes. what are some of your favorite, most favorite, or most controversial since what we were both talking about posts? Are there any that were particularly endorsed or reacted to?
1: The very first one, and I'm talking one month into starting the page, off the cuff, I made one, have a panic attack, you've earned it. As someone who suffers. From- <laughs> well,
0: I got, but I didn't, we didn't edit it out. So here we
1: go. Yeah. Okay. That got a lot of praise, but at the same time, it got a lot of people. And so people who were taken at face value and don't have any sense of nuance or don't because mental health and nuance, it's hard to bridge that gap. Almost oil and water. Exactly. But it's what I do right? Sometimes I do it well, sometimes I don't, but it's what I do. It's what I want to do. I call it making light by shining light. And basically it's these things that people don't want to talk about or they think, but they don't.
0: And you're not dismissing the pain either you're poking no. on you're giving a yeah. lie you're flipping the script in some ways because, and then quite you, frankly you like you said therapists. you i don't i actually don't remember if this was when it was recorded or not but we talked about that that some therapists have said they've actually used your quips for lack of a better word memes statements with in their practice and i'm imagining it becomes almost like an icebreaker
1: yeah Probably. So
0: then if there's an underlying thing that has to be maybe more traditionally approached, a bigger issue, sometimes that humor can be a great it's what we do with children when we want to distract them when they're having a temper tantrum. You mm-hmm. you distract. And then, you know, re-ingest and make something funny or cool. And then they can reset and and get themselves in a place where, because talk therapy, if you're too spinning, right, like you can't really even start to become, to, to heal and, and deconstruct what's going on. So I, I imagine that's one of the things that if you're open to looking at it, it can actually be a gateway to do even traditional therapy. And that's pretty interesting. And so Following on from that, so you're you're carving this niche when positive psych is all the rage. And admittedly, I I espouse a lot of positive psych and have been learning more recently because it wasn't a part of a, my original schooling as much it's a it's a more recent thing in terms of how to influx that into as a tool even in corporate settings right but it's really taking off so why do you think society from your perspective is so receptive to this alternate perspective on mental health right why do you, what do you believe is driving the popularity of disappointing affirmations
1: i wish i knew i wish i knew what was making it so huge but if i had to guess it's just it's an alternate take on reality that is itself an alternate take. But It's because one, one thing that I wanted to pop in about is I see these as inherently positive. Even the ones that are like one, one of my favorites is you're doing the best that you can, which is really f***ing sad. That's what I call the stinger. I'll start with the positive one and then just feel, there's another one. Take a moment to be grateful for everything you have. Okay, now back to hating everything. (laughs) So it's this dichotomy.
0: I'm already thinking merchandising, so we'll talk about that offline. Oh,
1: I've been, and I've got a book coming out in March. Yeah, uh, so we're
0: going to talk about that too, because I want to, we'll switch to, This actually is our perfect. You're just it's perfect because we didn't review these questions ahead of time. But that's exactly where I wanted to go with reflecting on this journey from being regular Instagram user, right, to this over a million followers. Where are you going and what do you want your legacy to be? So how do you see disappointing affirmations evolving? Tell us a little bit about your plans and your hopes, because I think there's going to be quite Quite a few next chapters, and I'm really excited to hear like what you have in mind, and then look at maybe a year from now, looking back, reflecting here, and seeing what you had in mind versus what comes to fruition and how that goes.
1: Absolutely, the first thing I have in mind is doing this for a living and not having to work a day job. That's like the first thing. And when I had gone on that vacation that I told you about, this was right before this page started, and I had decided, all right, I need to come with a five five-year plan or a two-year plan or whatever it is. And so I made such a vague thing. And basically it was just like, save up enough money to pay off my debt, get out of this job. And then I created Disappointing Affirmations and all of this stuff started. I manifested it, as a friend of mine would say. But almost immediately after I started the page, I got a publisher interested in making a book. And I had around the same time, made friends with somebody who loved what I did immediately. And she's a fairly famous person. I don't know if I should mention her name, but.
0: It's up to you. You can just say the industry or something.
1: Yeah, she. it's totally different industry, but basically she's an influencer. She's been an influencer for years. And when I got this publisher come at me, I reached out to her and I was just like, I got this contract, I get this offer, and it's another language to me, I don't know. Do you know any literary agents? And she said, I'll give you mine. And I started the page in July. I had a literary agent in October. Wow. And like I said, I've been a great, that's
0: a great story in and of itself for two. And this is a story in and of itself, it, just a journey. Yeah.
1: And a month later, I had five publishers in an auction bidding on this book, which I had no idea what this book was going to be because I just started this page. So literally, when my agent, I love saying my agent. It's, It's one of my favorite things. I think I will always love saying that. She and I put together a book proposal and she sent it out to a bunch of people. And auction day was November 1st. I went to her office and I'm thinking, I don't know what because that that first offer that came in it was from a British publisher and it was 4000 pounds and I'm like I'm not selling my shit for 4000 pounds but I don't know and so I had no idea what to expect and the money was like it was crazy for especially for an unknown first time author or whatever but that just attested to the strength of this stuff even from the Absolutely. early
0: because that funding that enthusiasm they're commercializing, they're doing their analytics and ROI, that means there's a oh, demand. Oh, and yeah. that means there's a real connection. And that means also you're a disruptor in a time where content is seeping out of our eyeballs. There is more content than ever before. So, at a time when m- making noise is that much more difficult in a sea of shouting people, it's pretty yes. incredible. So, I also want to just congratulate you. And that's amazing. And to, to recognize that, one of my favorite personal favorites, Is that I'd like to try and stop worrying about what other people think. Have you met other people?
1: They're awful. It's comic timing with these things. It's oh, amazing. yes. And the
0: cadence, the way you separate so that you make a yeah, pause, it's it's very artfully done. And you have this like little space. So it's really incredible. And I cannot wait to we're going to be doing some more things, but I cannot wait to see. I cannot wait to ever since I started putting the alerts on mine. I was at a party last night with a lot of folks of diverse backgrounds, including other folks in psych. And we were all laughing. It was fabulous. Was I, I, I can't. Thank you enough for sharing this with the world, sharing this conversation with me today. Before we fully wrap up, I would love for you to tell the listeners the best way to get in touch with you or find you, besides obviously going to your Instagram and signing up to follow you, because that would be amazing. But is there any other way you'd like uh, folks to connect with you? And if there's any parting message before we go, please feel free to, to share.
1: The only place that I have really right now is the disappointing affirmations Instagram. I also started one of those, what do they call it? When Instagram decided to start a Twitter, I think it's spring or whatever. Yeah, the feed. Yeah, the the other kind of feed. But I stopped using that. But yeah, just Instagram, disappointing affirmations. Eventually, I will have disappointations.com up. I've got the domain. I do not have the patience or the savvy to put together a website, but that that will come.
0: Oh, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. And on your recommendation, I created a LinkedIn. So I've got that going, but that's still in, in progress. Okay. That was
0: like last week. So it's only been a few days.
1: So right now it's just disappointing affirmations. Awesome. My parting words would be... Just don't be a dick.
0: I have to say, this is the, the most Facebook. colorful language I've had on my podcast.
1: And I guess I should have been
0: prepared. But no, it's all great. I'm yeah. unfiltered. It's real. I thank you. I thank you for what you're doing. Thank I'm you. glad that you are pursued this sort of route and you've had the bravery to keep going when many were maybe perhaps being a bit disheartening. And I just can't wait to be on this journey, be your fangirl and continue together. And I also want to say, folks, we have some other plans together. We'll probably be doing an Instagram live pretty soon and a few other things may or may not convince Dave to do a whole show with me because I have a feeling we have a colorful menagerie of folks we can also bring into the fold between our two networks, especially with the celebrity connection and some of the thought leaders, because we are on the edge here of flipping the script, Dave, and it's really a fabulous way to make everyone feel like seen and heard, as you said. And so again, I just want to thank you for what you're doing as in the mental health community, for society, for yourself, and just can't wait to see what's next.
1: Hey, me too. <laughs> thank, so, you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for me, I appreciate it.
0: Thank you for listening to Insights Out. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have a specific topic in mind and you want us to discuss, please reach out to us by visiting new Network.com. See you next time.